flashback from 2011 interview with Jeremy Seifert about his fantastic GMO film project. With the time on the doomsday clock quickly approaching the hour, it's time to join Patrick Strider and Richard Swander at Everyman Radio. Uh, we're doing a, a documentary on food, Okay. what people eat. Uh, I'm wondering if you eat GMOs. I don't even know what that is. Give me one second. Hey girls, how you doing? I got Hannah tattoo right over there. What is GMOs? What is that? Never heard of it. Don't even know what a GMO is. GMOs? What is this? Is it good? I'm not sure what GMOs are. What is that? Cereal? I don't know what that is. What's a GMO? I don't know. I was only five when my dad told me I died. As a matter of fact, if you're talking about like good marijuana, organic grown uh, oatmeal cookies, then yes, I do. You never know here what you need. That's bad business. <laughs> See, now you're going to have me really want to look more into what I be eating, man. With the time on the doomsday clock quickly approaching the hour, it's time to join Patrick Strider and Richard Swander at Everyman Radio. Hello. I say good day, sir. Good day, Patrick. Good day, Richard. How are you? Ah, oh, sweltering in this heat. So. Yes, it's hot here too. Yeah, yeah. You've got to make it last before the ice age, mate. <laughs> Enjoy the day. Yes, that's right. There you go. <laughs> All right. So how's it going? What have you been up to? What have you been up to, lad? I've been writing, actually. Ah, interesting. About what? Well, trying to write some comedy about GMOs, but uh, it's actually very difficult because uh, they're not very funny. Okay. GMO is not a very funny thing, though, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. We've got, we've got a great show this evening, haven't we? Oh, yeah, we have, yeah. yeah, yeah really yeah. good. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 as I said, I can't wait to run home and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, and, you know, people are not stupid. We can tell them in advance that you know. Actually, I'm in at the moment. I'm in Denmark, but Jordan a week in the process. And by the time they hear this, you will have had your interview with um, Jeremy Stifer. Jeremy Stifer, and 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 we're going to edit it, and it's going to be all put together, and that. So you know, we can let them know the reality of how to get a podcast together. So uh, who've you been writing to? So you been writing scripts for your uh, stand-up comedy? Yes. So it started off with some GMO references, but it's kind of descended into um, nothing about GMO at all. <laughs> but is it funny? I've no idea of telling yet. Okay, but so so, and you, and you've got it all sorted. You get you're going to go to a pub. Well, no, I haven't even found one yet. Okay, well you can just. I've been look. Go on. I've been well because it's the Edinburgh Festival at the moment. So oh. any anyone who's anyone and all the comedians who run nights are up north. Up north, um, lad. Yeah. That's my excuse, anyway. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, you're always looking for one, wasn't you? <laughs> yes. Oh, and this is a good one. Everybody, everybody's in Edinburgh. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sulu goes to uh, Edinburgh every year, or he used to. You know, the Sulu from Star Trek. Oh, yes. Yeah, I can't think of his name in real life. But, uh, yeah, he usually takes a trip up to the Edinburgh Festival. He always has something on. Oh, right. Yeah, I was surprised to hear about that as well. But, uh, yeah, that's what he does. He, he goes to the Edinburgh Festival each year and puts on a little performance of something or other. Yeah. Yeah, fancy it. Yeah. I've never been there. Have you been? No, I haven't. No, no. Never mind. I, I keep on meaning to. I think I can get a flight from here to Edinburgh. I'm not, but I've never bothered. Been to Glasgow. I've been to Glasgow like. I got swam through a ball at me in Glasgow. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It was <laughs> me, actually. Was it you? Yeah, I was just walking down the road with a friend of mine in Glasgow and uh, we were walking next to me. It smash, you know, in the night time. And I just kind of looked around. There was a guy looking at us and he, he could have been the only person who threw the ball as if butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. <laughs> It's like, wow, <laughs> what a crazy place. But uh, anyway, yeah, so we, GMOs. Yes, genetically modified organisms. Yeah. I actually had to look at what the O stood for. Well, good job you did, because I asked you that question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because yeah. I'm so used to saying GMOs and hearing about GMOs, and I'm just wondering, what is the O exactly? Could have been oddities, couldn't it? <laughs> Genetically modified oddities. <laughs> yeah, that's nearer the truth. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so, so what, what interesting stuff have you come up with then? Well, uh, there's a couple of interviews, sorry, not interviews, um, documentaries that I've seen. Okay. I've actually seen, seen them quite a while ago. There's um, The World According to Monsanto, mm -hmm. and which is a, a quite a renowned one. That's about just, it's really quite unbelievable. The unbloody believable, unbloody. The ha yes, how farmers in the US who will be wanting to just grow organic um, and they may get pollen from a farmer who's growing GM foods, mm -hmm. which will then um, contaminate his crop. And you'd think, logically, if your crops get contaminated by somebody else, yeah. then you should be able to sue them and get compensation mm -hmm. but what actually happened is um, Monsanto who's the owner of this variety of crop will sue the farmer mm -hmm. for using having varieties of their seed on his land even though it's come from the air yeah so it's shocking I knew that actually I knew that it is yeah 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 that is and, go on well and uh, yeah other things how Monsanto puts pressure on the farmers to if they want to, you know, put, um, contest any of this, then they'll just put a, a long, strung-out legal battle that the farmers can ill afford. Mm -hmm. So it often ends in out-of-court out settlements or the farmers just giving in and then having to adopt the GM foods, whether they like it or not, the GM seeds, yes. Yeah, yeah, I heard about policies in South America, I can't remember which country, probably Mexico, actually. Uh, where, where, where they were actually uh, purposefully, I mean, I haven't got to inspect this up at the moment, but you know, I, I'm, I'm sure a, a search will show it, where, where they actually went around actually, you know, throwing their crops in farmers' fields, you know. Yeah, can believe it. Yeah, you know, the sly little, I want to swear, Richard, but I won't. <laughs> Not really, I do, but, uh, but I won't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, this is what, this is Monsanto. 
my, my first, my, my particular first uh, introduction to GMs was uh, back in the 1970s when I was a, a, a young whippersnapper. And I went to an off-license and uh, bought a can of Coke, and, uh, and it was a diet one, you know, it was a hot day, and I took a sip, and it tasted, I got this aftertaste, of, and it tasted like, to me at that age, potatoes. And, and so it went directly in the bin, uh, even though it was a hot day, and I've never touched this stuff since. It's amazing, the body just said, no thank you, don't like that. And they found that the genes that were inserted into soybeans transferred into the DNA of the bacteria living inside us and certain varieties of genetically modified corn are engineered to produce an insecticide, an insecticide living inside us, inside us. I'm looking at the food that's in the grocery store They say it's safe, everybody eat more On second thought, I don't really know It was made with those GMOs So I'm looking for the non-GMO label Before I bring it home, I put it on a table I want to know if it's verified So I don't harm myself with genetically modified They don't want you to know Boys in the grow Profits that show From those GMOs Seeds that they sow Gonna hurt us, we know Told them to go Say GMO, no Hey look I don't wanna eat poison I don't want gene mutations At my dinner reservations It's a food abomination What they're doing to this fast food nation They take artificial gene combinations Injected in seed variations So they can grow their Franken-food imitations While the side effects cause medical patients Keep the profits alive While they're spraying all the food With name brand herbicides And all the while they're spreading their lies Monsanto destroy a farmer's lives And the FDA just keeps it all going Saying it's safe Even though they all know it's just poison Stealing the way your life and that's what you eat with genetically modified they don't want you they don't want you to know boys in the grow profits they show GMO seeds that they sow gonna hurt us we know told them to go say GMO no Stand up to Monsanto, tell him, oh no you didn't Reject Franken foods in the store Demand honest labels so we can be informed We have a natural right to know what we buying Just say no to GMO Before our farms start dying Just say no to GMO These corporate crooks are lying Just say no to GMO This time we're not complying Just say no to GMO We're just not buying Just say no to GMO Yes, so I, I threw the Diet Pepsi Cola in the uh, bin, and uh, and then that was it. I never touched the stuff ever again.
disgusting stuff, really. And the body just says, no, thank you. And that was it, as a teenager. This young, yeah. This young, yeah. Talking about bins, Jeremy Stifert, whom I'm interviewing, his, uh, his first film was all about all of the waste that goes into bins okay. in the States. So, so, you know, all of the food produce. Mm. And you have people... But actually, just normal people, not not uh, people living on the streets, actually going to dumpsters and collecting food that's perfectly good to eat, but just being thrown away. So his first film's all about you know the massive waste of food by uh, all these big companies, and then that's led him on. Well, I'll find out how um, he's interested in after the earthquake in Haiti. Mm -hmm. GM, no, sorry, not GM. Monsanto delivered food aid, but they delivered I think four hundred and fifty tons of genetically modified crops for the Haytons, who uh, quite amazingly uh, just burnt it in the streets because they were very adverse to GM foods popular poisoning the, their growing supply. Excellent. So, so it's going to be yeah, quite interesting to find out what the film, the documentary he's raising money for at the moment, how that's going to turn out and what he's been doing. Okay. So looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Good, good to see some activism. I love, I don't just love activism. People, <laughs> people, people, people who are still awake. People who still want to kick ass. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. You know, the, the, these Monsanto blokes and, and all these uh, big corporations, they don't sleep, man. They don't sleep. 24 hours a day of evil, you know, and, 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 and you, know, we, you know, we just don't have the resources to be 24-hour people of defending our own liberties and rights and health, you know. Yeah, and we've got it's true. Yeah. It's true. It's like when we're looking at Big Pharma, these these big companies like Monsanto and Dow Chemicals, they have a slush fund uh, to pay legal fees. They'll introduce a new product. So Monsanto's checkered history, they, they manufactured Agent Orange, which was dropped all over Vietnam, Southeast Asia yep. by the US Army. And because they kind of, um, they've managed to get indemnity so they they refuse to pay any compensation okay. but they have legal funds to actually pay for these things when they turn up so they start off denying it for many years and then eventually it might come up and they you know happily settle out of court just so it doesn't blow up in the uh, world's press won't work so, in Haiti though, will it? If they burn the crops, they won't. They won't settle out of court, will they? They, they sound like a nice, resistant, resilient bunch of people. No, yeah, it sounds fascinating. Imagine, you know, the hell they've been through. Mm -hmm. They're given, given, you know, some free food, and then they, uh, they have burn it. It's that's quite. That's it's quite incredible. Whether, it's arguable whether it's food, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been, I've been having a little because, because you know, the, 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 this is. Uh, uh, the GMO thing was is, is your is your baby, man. It's your baby. You know. My baby. It's your baby. You done all the research again on the GMO. <laughs> but uh, I was looking strange enough in today in today's Telegraph of all places. Uh, GM food toxins found in the blood of ninety three percent of unborn babies. Yes, I saw that. That's um, in America. Yeah, but but it says because of the soy and stuff like that, it's actually and, and because the soy goes into British farm animals, it, it it's also obviously gets into the human chain, uh, and 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 thus it's actually in in us Brits as well. Does it say that? Yes, I think it kind of does say that down the bottom there. Yeah, yeah. Because there are very different laws 
in the US, they've they've managed to get away from labeling. So the food manufacturers, if it contains GMO products, they don't have to label it. Whereas in Europe, they do have to. But the key difference is with food animal feed, it doesn't have to be labeled. From what I understand. Yeah, it's like laundering money. So we don't know what we're eating. It's difficult to find out whether it is GM-free if the animals, the products of animals, that have gone into it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's that. You know, you you need if you're going to have a law to protect people from this GM stuff, this poison, because it is poison. It, it, you know, uh, why why they get rid of the, the beginning process is, is is beyond me. You know, you have to be there right at the beginning. If, if it's GM food going into the cattle, then that's where you stop it. And that's where you have to stop it. You can't have a law that what it once it goes into the cattle. It, it's like the World Health Organization and the radiation thing, isn't it? Once it's into the system of an animal, you know, it's anyone. It's up in the air, and you know, it doesn't really matter. And, and then it's pretend it pretend it isn't there. Yeah, and there's lots of studies that have been kind of suppressed or ignored that actually do show that when these GM foods are fed to mice and rats and other rodents, then they do suffer genetic malformations in their offspring and they have uh, high levels of kidney disease and most of them die in fact in the lab yeah deformities in human beings as well as has been shown from like uh from the soy the soy crop people who live near the, the farms where the soy crop the gm soy crop is uh, being sprayed and etc there's been high levels of, of deformity in, in childbirths as well yeah so it's not very funny at all no, you can't do a stand-up comedy routine like that, can you? Uh, just one announcement. Someone dropped some Rizzler outside. Anyone? Anyone? Any takers? I'm just going to put it over there. All right, cool. Um, next, next up, we have um, a very fine, upstanding gentleman um, who got in contact with me just today and said, I would like to come to your open mic and, and do some stuff. Anyway, I'm going to get off stage. I'm going to hand it over to him. Um, a, a, a very upstanding stand-up known as Richard Swander, everyone. Thanks. Hello, Bath. Hey. <laughs> Anyone from Mexico? No, there is, there is. Anyone from Croatia? Oh. Come on, Dan. Are you covering all the bases to make sure? <laughs> okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I've done a lot of traveling. I'm a traveler. I'd say I'm a traveler. And I don't know why I came back to England, really, but uh, I have. But uh, most of, most of the... Uh, the rest of the world isn't much different. It's just uh, some lovely country that's just ruined by a small group of people who have all the money and just uh, f*** it up for the rest of us. But one very good thing, Britain, always a good cup of tea. Very difficult to find anywhere else. <laughs> so I was at university in America, uh, in Ohio, about 10 years ago maybe a bit longer, and it's just a crazy place. Anyone been to America? Yes. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yes. I went, uh, I met some guys and I went down to spring break 
in Panama City. Spring break is like the, uh, where all the students hang out in, in Easter. And uh, I met these guys and we went down and stopped off by their mum's house and they just uh, showed me their guns. And I just had quite a good time just firing lots of big guns, shotguns, assault rifles. And just the terrifying thing was that their mum had more guns than all of them. And uh, we walked down, no, so we didn't walk, <laughs> we drove. We drove down to uh, Panama City uh, in Florida. And it was um, just a bizarre place for, for sort of entertainment. But um, I went to the world's largest nightclub in America. Everything's the world's largest. This was the world's largest outdoor nightclub called Spinnaker's. And on stage were a band singing, no, 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 no. There's no lyrics. And uh, I was just gutted. And I was just, uh, I forget the name of them, but um, I uh, decided to throw my empty beer cans at them. And uh, it didn't go down very well. But I thought it did. This bloke came up to me and said, uh, Hey, man, that was awesome. Did you just throw beer cans at them? And I was like, yeah. And he said, I work here. I'm security. You're out of here. And uh, before I could do anything, my friends, my new friends, they uh, stepped in front of him and said, hey, he's British. It's cool, man. <laughs> and uh, I was allowed to stay. And uh, yeah, I was just gutted, really. I'd rather be thrown out. <laughs> so uh, yeah, in Vietnam, uh, I just get, keep getting flashbacks. It's yeah, it's comedy in Viet Vietnam revolves around the the tonal language. So you'll say, well, for, yet, for for the expats living out there, it revolves around the fact that the currency is called dong. For example, if I if I get my dong out. Okay. It's uh, <laughs> so 200, 200 dong there, Vietnamese dong, I'll put that way. As you can imagine, you know, it's a laugh every single day playing with money. But for the Vietnamese, the comedy revolves around uh, the uh, tonal language. So I'll say ma, and that means mother. If I say ma, that means horse. And you say it six different ways, it means six different things. So I, very, I kept quiet about the fact that I like riding horses. And, um, yeah, the thing about uh, Vietnam, I had a great time. I went up to um, went sightseeing um, to look at the uh, demilitarized zone, the DMZ inappropriate called sightseeing because there's nothing really to see there apart from the effects of napalm and Agent Orange presents from Monsanto that were given to the Vietnamese. But we went sightseeing there and uh, uh, took an internal flight and uh, this is the really good thing about being British abroad. You can um, kind of get away with anything. And so um, my friend, he had a, an oversized bag he was trying to take onto the <coughs> cabin and uh, the security guard stopped him from getting on the plane. So I went up to him, up to the security guard and said, oh, it's okay, he's British, he's a diplomat, it's fine. And so I just picked it up and just uh, walked on. And the security guard was just so confused. It just, fair enough, he didn't know. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't work at Heathrow. So uh, don't try that. And uh, I'm, just, I'm very concerned about my health. And I like reading a lot about um, 
things that are good for me, I just find it very confusing because I read these things and I just forget them. And I wanted to know why. And I found an article. Um, I can't remember it, but I, uh, so I printed it off. And it says, the Google effect. Search engine harms our memory. From the journal Science, published by the American Association for the Advancement of Science, also known as ARS, we, no longer do we have to make costly efforts to find the things we want. We can Google the old classmate. Gosh, I can't read it. Google the old classmate, find articles online, and look up the crappy band that we've forgotten the name of on the internet. Uh, it's actually original actor. I'm just, uh, I just made it up there. Uh, Too Unlimited was the band, if you weren't sure. Uh, can you read that? The internet has become a primary form of external or transactive memory where information is stored collectively outside ourselves. Thank you. Yeah, so it's stored collectively outside of ourselves. So it's great. So I can read all these articles about, um, for, for example, GMO foods. I don't know what I'm eating anymore because GM seeds are in the food supply, fed to animals. I don't know if I'm eating it. I'll read all these articles. It scares me, scares me shitless. And uh, fortunately, I can just leave it collectively outside of myself and just leave it on the internet, whatever these articles. So as one I was reading, I think Monsanto, we're all screwed, Monsanto suck or something like that. I can just leave it on the internet and carry on with my life. In fact, um, there was, there's a few I've got, so I've just printed those out. We're all screwed, Monsanto suck. That was one of them. Yeah, so you get the gist. I can actually read all these things, and all the stuff that's killing us, the uh, Monsanto's latest presence of biotechnology engineered food in our food system, and I can just shut my computer, just forget all about it, and uh, grab my nice cup of tea, which is now organic cup of tea, and uh, Motai Ba, yo! One, two, three, yo, cheers, in Vietnamese. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> this is one day, everyone. That's wicked. I would love more stand-up comics to actually come along to these open mics. Uh, the title, like Richard's one day. First you told us only through you could we know God And if we dared to question, he wouldn't spare the rod For you we worked the soil, for you we dug the moors For you we shed our blood and fought so many pointless wars But now you try to tell us there's nothing we can do You say the world around us belongs fairly to the few But about six billion people no doubt will agree This world is our home, not your property It's the commons our right of birth and you who would enclose the land all around the earth our future is your downfall when we cut this ball and chain you who'd sacrifice the public good for your private gain with our sweat we built the railroads built cities on these shores but because you own the money you see that it's all yours we laid the phone lines and the pipelines and then right before our eyes you see these things are taxes paid for you now will privatize Privatize the hospitals, privatize the schools, privatize the prisons for all those who break your rules and preparing for the day 
When all the wells run dry, you say you own the very ring that falls down from the sky, but it's the commons, our right of birth. And you who'd own the water all around the earth, our future is your downfall when they cut this ball and shame. You who'd sacrifice the public good for your private gain. You claim to own the harvest with your terminator seeds. You claim to own the genomes of every animal that breeds. You claim to own our culture and the music that we play. And with each song that we download to your coffers we must pay. You'd even own my name and you'd say it's for the best. Maybe you'll let us on your radio if our songs can pass your test. You own country, you own western, you say you've given us a choice. You may own the airwaves, but you'll never own my voice. It's the commons, our right of birth. And you who'd own the music all around the earth. Our future is your downfall when you cut this ball and chain. You who'd sacrifice the public good for your private gain. It's the commons, our right of birth. And you who would own everything all around the earth. Future is your downfall when you cut this ball and shame. You who'd sacrifice the public good for your private gain. Hello? Oh, hi, is that Jeremy? Yeah, this is Jeremy. Yeah, hi, this is Richard Swanda. From Everyman Radio. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. That it's... took a little bit of doing to connect, finally. Yeah, I'm calling you on your mobile, I right. believe. Is that right? Yeah, this is a cell phone. It's the only phone I have, actually. Ah, right. No, that's fine. Have you, is, your, is your Skype working, or are you out and about? Uh, yeah, you know, I just got back... I was out and about, and I I forgot to like turn it on or whatever. Hold on. <laughs> That's all right. Signing in. Did you get your car fixed? Uh, actually, yeah, we ended up um, retiring it. There's a <laughs> program they give you a thousand dollars to give up the the clunker. Oh right, yeah, cash for clunkers. I heard about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, I see you. I open Skype. I see. Richard, so you want to you want to try that way? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll, I'll ring off. Yeah. Bye. Skype. Okay. Hello. Hello. There you are. That's better, isn't it? <laughs> and cheaper. Yes. No, it's great, isn't it? Good old. It actually sounds. It's so much clearer. Yeah, I know it's really strange, isn't it? But it, yeah. It's amazing. Can't believe you're in California. Yeah, man. It's like 6,000 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, only 4.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, it's a bit later here. Yeah. Are you at 12.30? That's right, yeah. So just after midnight. On a very hot, sweaty English summer day. A very rare one. What's it like where you are? Oh, you know, L.A. is uh, mid-70s, really nice, cool, pleasant. Really? Yeah, it's it's actually a really nice day. I mean, it gets into the 90s sometimes here in the summer, but it's uh, it's nice. 
Oh, that sounds very nice. You're in Pasadena. Uh, we used to be. We moved to Highland Park, which is just about 10 minutes from Pasadena, closer to downtown L.A. Oh, okay. I yeah. don't know. I don't know it. I'm, you know, <laughs> I have been there, actually, many years ago. Oh, really? Which part of L.A.? Um, Santa Monica Boulevard. Oh, yeah. After the song, stayed in, stayed in the youth hostel there. A very funny time. They're very young. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, on a tour of the States when I was at university. So, you know, four friends of mine in a Dodge van driving <laughs> around in a road trip. It was cool. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> that sounds great. I, I, I just did that as a, an adult with my family jammed into a Volkswagen Eurovan across the entire country. And that wasn't as... Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. It was insane. You didn't have eight cases of Keystone Ice in the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had like one beer to night, you know. Yeah. No, it sounds good. No, it's, uh, no, it's great talking to you. And um, yeah, so very interested. We're doing a, a podcast on genetically modified organisms and GM foods. And we were looking at other videos and I became very interested in looking at if there were some current movies on GMO foods. And I came across yours, the work that you're doing. So yeah, please tell us a bit more about yourself and what your current project is. Because you know, it's very, very interesting. Yeah, well, this will be my second film. My first film was called Dive, Living Off America's Waste, and it's about dumpster diving and food waste. Um, and that just came out on DVD July 19th. And it was really from that film plunged me into the whole kind of world of food, so to speak. I guess this wakefulness regarding our food. Um, most of us are sort of zombies or in a slumber about what we eat and what's in our food, where it comes from. We just don't think about it. It's, it's like, unless we, we think about how good it tastes or where we can get more of the fix because it's like a drug or something. That's, um, yeah, very true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, and I'd never thought about food waste until I started dumpster diving. Uh, <laughs> you actually and, did that. So yeah, for about four years, uh, I still do <laughs> casually now um but not like the back in the day when it was you know 70 80 percent of what we ate was once trash wow um but yeah spinning off that film i uh planted a little garden with my son finn and um you know just was thinking about food a lot more than i had ever thought about food and uh Actually, I worked as an assistant on a film in Haiti right before the earthquake and spent a lot of time in the slums uh, in and around Port-au-Prince. And, um, and it was shortly after I was there that the earthquake happened, and so it had a deep impact on me. Yeah, and of course, yeah. And then I saw this tiny little article online, uh, I believe it was through the New York Times, talking about these rural Haitian farmers burning seeds that were donated to Haiti from Monsanto after the earthquake. And, and I just, I couldn't believe that, because I I'd experienced the hunger there, the poverty there, and couldn't believe that farmers were burning seeds um, until I looked into it more and saw 
what was behind that Trojan horse of a gift. And it really inspired me that 10,000 plus rural farmers marched in the streets and said, we will burn these seeds if you give give them to us. And, you know, looking at the United States. Yeah, I was just thinking that. (laughs) You know, 80% of our processed foods have genetically modified food in them. All of almost all of our meat, all of our dairy that isn't organic has genetically modified corn or soy behind it. Um, you know, any and everything that's got oil or fried in oil is is genetically modified canola or um, cotton seed oil. And so, you know, you look around here and nobody's marching in the street and everybody's just eating this stuff and nobody even knows what the hell it is. Um, yeah, I, I saw that in the, the Sizzler movie you've put together, sort of like the promo film. Exactly. It so, starts hilarious. That guy, you've, I don't know where you got him from, the guy with the megaphone right at the beginning. <laughs> beginning he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that guy is, yeah, he's amazing. I, I looked <laughs> at footage and thought, okay, now I know how to do the sizzle reel. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bookend it with this guy. Um, and And... He's just rattling off at the end, you know, he's like, hey, isn't that what the FDA is? <laughs> yeah. And he, he's really, you know, wasn't familiar with genetically modified food or what's happening in the swinging door between these companies and the FDA and EPA. And yet, you know, he hit the nail on the head and said, isn't that what the FDA is supposed to be doing? Aren't they supposed to be watching this and looking out for us and protecting us? I think y'all need to stop giving people shit that they don't even know what it is. You need to figure it out before you start serving it. Isn't that what the FDA is for? Um, but the exact opposite is true. Um, they're in bed with these giant companies, and it's a, it's a, it's a racket. They're they're making money and they're controlling food uh, from the seed to the plate. Yeah, absolutely. So, I was just gonna say where we've looked at the Brzezinski, the movie. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's a very similar relationship. The uh, the FDA basically working with the big pharmaceutical companies and, you know, all working together, this little clique and uh, putting pressure on Congress who are part of it as well. So it's interesting. There's a very similar sort of relationship that you say. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's frightening. I mean, how intimate that relationship is and how... Uh, many different parts of the government have been infiltrated. And I mean, I mean, I guess anybody knows this uh, to a certain degree that that money has now taken over our democracy, and and you know, with lobbyists growing by the thousands every year, and many of them former Congress members or or people who were closely affiliated with the government are now you know lobbying for these companies and have all the ends, and uh, it's. It's insanity. Uh, but I, I think, you know, this this issue goes kind of touches on so many issues because to me, GMO uh, represents all that has gone wrong with um, farming and agriculture, the death of small farms, industrial ag, heavy petrochemicals, all these things. But then it also represents this whole poisoning of the government. And then it also represents the sort of numb uh, mindedness of of most of us who don't even know about them and how can that be such a horrific disconnect from what we eat 
And it and it also stretches out into all of the environmental catastrophes that you know surround them because GMOs are modified to be dumped with glyphosate, you know, Roundup Ready soy, and and so that's the soil, the water, the air. So this GMO represents so much, and and not not to mention the patenting of life, and uh, loss of food sovereignty, food culture, um, consumer right to know. I mean, it's just it's it's huge. It touches on so many issues. Yeah, I see. Yeah, is that um? There's a nice little clip of is that your son Finn in the Sizzler? Yeah, that's my yeah. little boy. Oh, that's sweet. He's uh, yeah, collecting seeds, and then it's juxtaposed nicely with, um, yeah, your narration, isn't it, about that that similar message? The whole, you know, the whole, you know, humanity's how it you know all depends on these these seeds, the seeds of life, basically. What do these rural Haitian farmers and so many countries around the world know that we don't? Is it too late for us to make a change? Each plant will make a lot of seeds. That's how simple it is. It's like, it's like every time you just plant one seed, it like grows into a plant and it produces like thousands of seeds. It's crazy. I haven't got all the stuff in the seed chamber book yet. If I do, then I'll, I'll have lots of seeds, right? Why are you saving all these seeds? Just because I want all the seeds in the world. Yeah, and I, I really, for me, it, you know, my son um, is is one way for me to get at some sort of hopefulness in in a very uh, messed up situation, and that, you know, we can't fall into despair. There is a way forward. But, you know, you can't look at um, these, these great things and, and, you know, the, the hope of a child or the wonder of a child without really going past the dragon or into the darkness. Mm-hmm. And, and there is a lot of that. And, um, you know, we don't want to fall into sentimentality and um, just skip to the good stuff. I, I, so the film, I mean, yeah, the sizzle reel is you know, based on footage from going down to Haiti and then, you know, some footage shot in and around L.A. And just this summer, I've embarked on the the main shooting for the film, which will continue on into the fall. And that's what we're trying to raise money to, to make all that happen. Yeah, I was just going to ask about that. So, yeah, I saw the um, the Kickstarter program that you're... you're you're trying to raise money for and it how's it going i i haven't checked today but it seemed to be approaching the 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 target you're after yeah i think it's it's getting close it's probably about fifteen hundred dollars away from reaching our goal of twenty five thousand um which is really exciting oh it is yeah but it's also a little bit depressing uh, because (laughs) the the film's budget is you know far beyond the Kickstarter goal, but that's just to hopefully get things going and interest more donors and investors in the film. Uh, yeah, and build momentum. So it's uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a good point. So it doesn't stop there. You don't you know raise the twenty five thousand and then that's it. Happy days, make the film. It's you know <laughs> just the start of it, really, isn't it? So. Exactly. And we're trying to 
we're trying to do the film right and you know get people involved who are talented and can bring something to the project and and it's you know the scope of the film is is huge and um i think there are creative solutions you know to keep the budget down and and you know i i think that's where creativity really shines when you're limited in your resources but um but yeah we we need we need a lot more money so we can actually hire an editor so we can continue filming. Uh, I have plans to go to Svalbard, Norway, where uh, Carrie Fowler has set up this enormous seed bank for basically a backup for all the seeds of the world. Um, because there's been so much loss of biodiversity in the last hundred years, it's, it's insane. Um, through uh, just lack of funds and so seed banks wrought out and they don't keep up with their collections or through war um, seed banks have actually you know been destroyed um, so this seed bank in Norway it's it's like you know instead of some vault for gold or something else that's completely valueless in and of itself but we've deemed it valuable um, this is actually you know a vault for seeds which are the most valuable precious priceless thing on the planet yeah i remember reading about that a couple of years ago it's right up in the northern hemisphere isn't it very exactly and i i can't remember the article but it was implying that monsanto and also the gates foundation were involved in the back financial backing of that i don't know if you know that to be yeah, the case that's, that's made it a bit controversial especially for some you know heirloom seed banks and others but I mean, they were basically, it's it's really in uh, connection with the Norwegian government. And there have been, some of the backers have been, yeah, Gates Foundation, Monsanto. But from everything that I've read about that and, you know, the way that the, the Svalbard Seed Bank is set up, that does not give them any any rights to it, any access to it. It doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, compromise the integrity of the seed bank in any way. Um, so, from from Kerry Fowler's perspective, you know, it's a million millions dollar project, and he's not going to turn away people who want to help make it happen, even if it's you know the devil giving you money to you know save the life of a child or something. I guess <laughs> you know it's. I don't know. I haven't talked to him personally about that process and, and how he feels about it oh, yeah no it'd be interesting no uh, yeah very interesting to find out what you uh, find out there yeah it's, it's a very interesting project i suppose yeah from what you say Monsanto might just be slapping a you know we're doing a good thing label on there to help with their marketing because they, oh, they sure. need all the help they can get <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure that that was one of their chief reasons for doing that because Oh my! Somebody just showed me an advertisement today. I don't have a TV, so I never see these these ads. But there's some ad, basically, um, about corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, and you know it's like this beautifully shot thing. And there's these two moms, and one mom is pouring this Kool-Aid, and the other mom says, "Oh, is that have high fructose corn syrup?" And the other one says, "Yeah, of course. Is there a problem with that?" Oh no! Yeah, there is because it's bad, right? She says, Really? 
really, it comes from corn, and it's natural, and it's <laughs> da 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 and, and basically, they like, I don't know who's behind the ad, I mean, Monsanto or who, but uh, it has to be. They have, they're trying to rebrand high fructose corn syrup as a, like a good thing. Mm. Nasty. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, as you're saying, yes, it's just crazy, isn't it? Just, um, just how they think they well they do get away with it because the people who watch these adverts are, they just uh, go okay it's cool now I'm gonna spray everything with this. <laughs> That's uh, about how it works. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it is truly amazing. And um, is it? I was just gonna ask: Has it um, changed your eating habits? The research you've been doing, or have you? You mentioned that you've always been kind of conscious about food, but have, have you found anything really shocking that has changed your habits? Or yeah, I, I think um, you know the the more I've become aware of it, um, I, I felt like I'm growing more and more paranoid because you can't escape it. I mean, you can, but it's really difficult, and especially on the road, you know, with the family, it's almost impossible to avoid eating some kind of genetically modified food um but yeah my habits have changed but i don't think radically enough and i think it's just kind of baby steps as i go deeper into this making of the film which is for me the learning process um then they'll change my eating habits even more is there anything on the menu that's not genetically modified? Yeah, I'm in search of food with, that's not genetically modified. It's kind of a quest I'm on. How long do you think it'll take to to get the film out? Was that... Oh, um, I thought you were going to say how long will do you think it'll change your eating habits? All <laughs> it's ongoing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the goal... Well, it really... The, the timing of the film is intimately connected to how much money we can raise because uh, that allows me to hire an editor instead of doing all the editing myself. But if I'm also, you know, directing and producing and doing writing and traveling and then editing, you know, it, everything goes more slowly, um, the less money. So the goal was to try to have um, a rough cut finished in December, um, but I... I wouldn't hold my breath. And so how can our listeners find out more about the work that you're doing and um, dig into their pockets and help you? Um, I think the easiest way is go to gmofilm.com. And, you know, right when you go to that page, you can watch the sizzle reel, which is the six minute piece kind of showing what the film uh, will be like uh, to a certain degree. Uh, and then there's a Kickstarter link on that page. And the Kickstarter campaign has about 10 days left. So that's an easy way to get on there and give anything from $1 to $5,000. Um, and we have, you know, for I think it's for $50, you can get a signed copy of Dive. It's the last film I did on food waste and dumpster diving. And, and there's other little prizes on there. So, I mean, that's... That's something immediate. If any of your listeners are extremely wealthy or well connected, they can uh, <laughs> go to that same, 
go to the same website and, and there's a contact email on there. I think it's just info at G, gmofilm.com and they can contact us and, you know, explain why and how they're going to give us a hundred thousand dollars and we'd be happy to, to receive that. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, I can't promise that, but, uh, um, it's, uh, it's very, it's a great, um, yeah, Sizzler film. I've nicked the uh, the word Sizzler for the little promo videos that we do for our shows. And um, okay, I quite liked Mumford and Sons, the cave in there. Yeah, maybe they'll listen to your show and and um, watch the Sizzle reel and get excited about how amazing their song is underneath this Haitian woman dancing on a hilltop and you know make it happen. Well, I don't know them, but uh, they do sound like the type of guys who really would, you know, support something like this. Yeah, I think I think they would. I hope they will. And um, because, yeah, I'd love to use that song in the actual film. Now, um, I was just going to say, no, it's just been fantastic talking to you. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add about uh you know, the work you've done or let's see or your plans for the future yeah no um it's been great talking to you too i'm, I'm really ex- it's it's been exciting to see how many people care about this and the people who do care about this care about it passionately and you know we we haven't even made the film yet we're we're still you know, we have 80% of the filming to still go out and do. And yet so many people are excited about the film and want to help and want to support it. And, and I think, I mean, we are going to need all the support and help and love we can get to make this film and make it really great. So, um, yeah, if anybody is listening in or watches the sizzle reel and has, a particular skill graphic design or, or whatever they want to contribute or just thoughts or ideas please send them our way i was i was going to ask that actually i do know that many of our listeners are of that ilk graphic designers animators that type of thing that we've worked with as well so that's no that's a possibility certainly yeah that would be fantastic because i have many ideas for the film itself for you know some graphic design and some animation other ways to kind of tell the story of gmos and the scope of this global hijacking of of food um and then also just for the website up right now is just a temporary website that we just had to throw up there so we could have something but we're planning on a much larger more interactive site um so anyway, there's there's lots of ways I think for people to be involved, um, if they're really really amazing. <laughs> yeah, with you, with you, yeah. Of course, yeah. You want the best, yeah. So. Of course, yeah. We we I think this this topic and this issue deserves deserves that because it's it's that important. Yeah, I fully agree, and I think it's exactly the right time because there's. There's been a good a few good films on this, but nothing current and, you know, that can focus everyone's energy on to uh, raise attention and awareness of 
um, what's actually going in our food and who's controlling it. So it's uh, very, very important. Yeah, it's it's intimidating, you know, making a film where people say, oh, yeah, I've seen a film on GMOs or genetically modified food. And, you know, people might think like, hey, there's already some films out there on this. Why would you need to make another one? Um, but for me, I, I just I couldn't help myself because when I saw the article from Haiti and and what the peasant movement of Popeye did in marching in the streets, it, it was so inspirational and nothing has changed. And so the story needs to be told again from a different perspective and hopefully it will inspire and awaken a whole different audience and a, a different generation. And, and yeah, so many things right now are happening around this issue um, that I think it warrants... Uh, another film being made yeah we need to get something to wake the americans up and start revolting <laughs> revolution please, please. Yeah. i don't know if it's possible it's but in it, our blood you know i mean we've we've done it in the past you have to get you <laughs> damn brits out of here i mean jeez. <laughs> yeah that's true but uh <laughs> uh yeah not as uh I was going to say, not all of you are as fit as you used to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to do that when like half of us are obese, <laughs> half has ADD, and we're all drugged up on everything. It's yeah, it's kind of hard. To... Exactly, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, and that's why it's a, yeah fantastic to see other people stand up and fight this, and like they're doing in Haiti, especially after yeah, after all the devastation there. And so I think you're you're right in choosing this as a really quite a, a unique and hope hope bringing sort of message i think it's uh, incredible yeah yeah i hope so now we just need a title for this film so anybody has a good idea for a title i've, I've got a few but you know my friends and people working with me on this keep shooting them down so <laughs> so we're still looking for that 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 amazing title <laughs> well i hope yeah, I hope you'll get that, and I hope you get the the money you're after and the help you need. And yeah, really look forward to maybe speaking to you in the future and seeing how you get on. And uh, can't wait to see the film when it comes out. Thanks for having me on, Richard. Oh, no, it's great talking to you, Jeremy. And uh, take care. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, you too. Well, yeah, have a... <laughs> your day is over. <laughs> yes, that's true. I'll well, take care. Cheers, Jeremy. Right. Bye. Yeah. Bye. To know. Public awareness is the key. Yeah, it should be labeled. It should be labeled because everybody needs a choice in life. Yet the truth which will refresh my broken. We should know what we're eating. It should be labeled so people know. We have a right to know what we're eating. Wouldn't you want to know what you eat? See where those orphans through my tears and know my coldest. Made you some GMO goggles. So many thanks to Jeremy Seifert there fascinating project he's working on and today is Sunday the 7th of August and I've just seen that the GMA film project on Kickstarter has just reached its targets over its target and Laurie David has agreed to match every dollar above their $25,000 target so 
um, yeah, help support them and uh, look forward to watching the, the film. Now, any final thoughts on that, Patrick? Uh, yeah, for sure, Rich. Uh, my first uh, thought and most compelling idea I got in the head right now is that Patrick is not here for the moment. <laughs> yes, good point. And uh, who are you? Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. My name is Andres. How are you, Rich? I'm very good, thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I just sneaked into the show because I noticed that Patrick left his chair uh, empty for a while, so I just thought maybe I'll drop in a few comments in there if you allow me to yeah you're more than welcome and yeah have you got any thoughts on the topics that we covered yeah quite a few uh first of all i think it's quite encouraging that people take the initiative of uh saying something about uh, about this something which um uh worries me uh because of the fact that we have not enough information about what gmo foods are you know uh they haven't done proper testing they don't know what what it's going to lead to, if it actually has any health issues concerning everyone else, or how it actually affects, uh, you know, the the environment. Uh, to give you an idea where my concerns come from, uh, last time I was uh, at university, I met this girl who was doing a PhD uh, on GMO foods. She was doing the PhD not from the science point of view but from the point of view of political economy but still she had quite a bit of knowledge on the subject much more than I did for sure so me being a curious guy I approached her and I asked her uh, what GMO foods were uh, because I was under the impression that GMO foods were just like a fancy term to describe the process of selection of uh, you know best um, best types of uh, plants and animals the ones that were strongest or uh, better suited for whichever purpose and just uh, keep on breeding those as opposed to others so that you have in the end uh, you know uh, better crops or whatever more or less in the same way that uh, a person who breeds dogs will choose uh, the best dogs to mate with other dogs so that he can get a better and better type of dog and I didn't see anything wrong with that, you know. So I asked her what GMO foods were, if they really were tampering with the actual genetic code of uh, organisms. And the way she explained it to me, and mind you, I'm not a biologist nor a geneticist, and neither was she, but uh, the way she explained it to me was that in a laboratory, they would manage to isolate the piece of the genetic material of a plant which would be, say, uh, more resistant to cold. And then they would uh, put that in a little gun and shoot this genetic uh, material into the DNA of, uh, of corn, for example, uh, therefore making corn also more resistant uh, to cold. But that uh, actually frightened me a lot, you know, because... Uh, we know little about uh, how uh, the DNA works. It's a code, of course, so uh, to make an, an analogy, it's as if you had um, the computer code for a computer, uh, a very sophisticated software, and you didn't know exactly how it worked, but you knew that a little command would make, uh, um, you know, the computer... Rolling in a certain way that you wanted to, so you just inserted that command randomly 
in the middle of the software and expect the computer to do what you wanted to. Now, uh, well, that sounds quite counterintuitive with me because you don't know how you are messing up with the whole thing, you know? So that sort of worried me. Uh, it's the kind of thing, you know, the kind of attitude of human beings who create something um, uh, without the without the knowledge of what's what's going to happen in the future. Like, you know, the guy who first created um, the gasoline combustion for uh, cars, Henry Ford, was this the guy, the guy perhaps? Well, I'm not sure, but uh, this guy probably didn't imagine that at some point he would have a pollution pro problem. Uh, so it's the same thing with GMO foods. Uh, they are messing with nature in a way that they do not understand. And the reason they are doing it is greed, as far as I can see, because as long as you do your own tampering of DNA, then you can patent it, and then it's yours by law. And then you can charge for it, which is exactly what Monsanto is doing. Anyway, Rich, uh, sorry, uh, just a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's really, really good. I love the way you explained it there. And yes, it is a very disturbing topic. And I'm sure it's one that we're going to return back to. And very interesting to keep an eye out on what the legislation are and the the impact of films such as Jeremy Seifert's and the impact that has in raising awareness and just how people wake up to the fact that really they need to take responsibility for... Um, what goes into them and we can't always be sure that we're eating the, the healthiest foods that we can even if it, say, it says it is because of the labelling so thank you very much Andres you're welcome Rich thanks for letting me sneak into your show <laughs> you're more than welcome now I'd like to thank the the music was provided by David Rovix and Mike Adams from Natural News uh, I'd like to thank Doug Eason in Bath. And please join us on the 28th of August for our next podcast. Be sure to tune in. I will. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Every Man Radio.